Hi, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of the EQ for All daily show where we speak to empowering people with empowering stories, stories that are relatable because they're real stories, real people who have gone through struggles that you might be going through now, and maybe you're not quite sure which way to turn. So today I'm so excited to be talking to Bobby D'Souza. He's all the way from Mumbai in India. I have never, ever had anyone on my podcast or my YouTube channel from, from India. So I'm really excited to talk to you. Welcome, Bobby. Hey, thank you, Deborah. It is a privilege and it's a joy having a conversation with you. And I'm glad that I'm the first one from Mumbai, India. Yeah, fantastic. So, Bobby, you were telling me just before we started about how your journey started into becoming a keynote speaker, an author, somebody who really likes to help people and to impact their lives. So take us back to the beginning before you were this person you were today, but what that where that started, because I think, you know, we often have these, these events that happen to us in life and we only realize as we grow up and when we look back, we realize where are, who we are today, where that actually started, where that seed was planted. So take us back to a little bit about your life story and um, where you were and what you were doing. All right. Now, just like a movie scene, I'm going to narrate something yeah. that you might be able to pictureize and even the listeners or people who are watching it, uh, you know, on whichever channel. Imagine, imagine this young 17 year old boy standing on the crossroads of Mumbai on the highway where there are vehicles passing by, you know, a BMW, a Mercedes and all the top cars in the world. And in the crowded city of Mumbai, there's heavy rain falling. Mm. And there is this one young boy standing over there, not knowing where should he go? What should he do? What next? How will he figure out his life? And there's rain falling from heaven. That's just pouring. It's monsoon. It's pouring cats and dogs and it's raining heavily. I have an umbrella in my hand. I have a watch in my hand. I'm a salesman selling watches and I have not made any sales that day. Not even one. And there's rain falling from heaven and there's rain falling from here because in my tattered shoe and my tie, which is completely got wet, just like a movie scene. Oh. <laughs> I actually do not know how will I even travel back home because I literally do not even have a penny or a dollar or a rupee to travel mm -hmm. back home, even in a local bus. Sure. I can see that right now. That's yeah. right. Yes. And when I'm standing on the highway for that moment while I'm crying and in tears, I just had a customer who caught me by the collar and threw me outside. And I said, you know, how the hell could people treat somebody who's a human and treat them like an animal? Mm. And then that person threw me out. I said, you know, my father, when I was a little boy, rejected me. And, you know, in a way he left our family, my sister and my mother, he left us. This customer threw me out. People, a lot of people have rejected me. That very moment I had to make a decision. Yeah. At that crossroad of my life, I had to decide, Bob, will you let rejections of the world make you reject yourself? Mm. And that very moment I decided, no. Like Les Brown says, somebody's opinion of you does not have to become your reality. Yeah. And of course, that moment of time, I did not know that. But, you know, I chose not to reject myself. And I said that I will never let my past determine 
the autobiography that I'm writing for my life. Yeah. I will never let the history of my past determine the autobiography of my life. So was that I moment consider- for you, sorry to interrupt you there. So was that moment for you, was it almost like a last straw because this had happened? I mean, you mentioned now that your father had rejected you as a little boy. And I mean, that's, that's hard enough to try and process that because as children, we don't understand why our parents abandon us, why they leave us. How can they leave and you never, ever see them again? I mean, that's really hard for a child because you make it about you, it don't you? you? You think it's because there was something that you did or there was something wrong with you that, that he didn't come back. So yes. would you say in that moment where you're standing in the street and the water's pouring down your face, that that was almost like a final straw for you? Because was there a lot of moments before that and between your father rejecting you and leading you up to that, you, that you decided to something popped into your head and you went enough? That is, that is right. There were so many different moments that had happened. I had seen my mother suffering. I had seen the struggles that she had, you know, done to take care of the three children single-handedly working two jobs a day. I had seen her falling down, getting dizzy, getting blood pressure, getting unwell. And that very moment I said, enough is enough. I choose to say that what's happened in the past, I can do nothing about it. Mm. But what I do have control on is what can I do today? Yeah, yeah. And in all my imperfectness, I can't say that, you know, I made a radical decision and I was a very courageous man. But, you know, in the silence or the noises around me, somehow there was deep in a voice which said, you know, this is not the end, but this is the start of something crazy and amazing. I don't know what it is, but I'm not going to let go. I'm going to take responsibility and I'm going to move forward. Amazing. Amazing. Because it's obviously your intuition speaking to you now, because I was talking to a guy yesterday who was telling his story of how he um, tried to commit suicide and he actually went through with it. But he says, as he was lying there on the floor, passing out, he had a, a voice that said to him, call emergency, call the ambulance. And so he calls it like divine intervention. Um, so, you know, sometimes we don't know what to call it because I've often had that voice as well in the past where it's a case of just, you know, it's okay. Things are going to be okay. Pick yourself up, move on. So do you think it was a divine intervention? Do you think it was your intuition or how would you label it that, because I mean, there's a lot of people, for instance, that have been in a similar situation to you and yet they haven't had that voice do you think it's because you believe in something bigger than you or do you think it's because this is your chosen purpose or what do you what do you connect that you actually heard that inner voice talking to you uh firstly i think you know as humans we are very tiny creature in this entire universe yeah not everything is governed by us we might think that we are the center of the universe but the honest truth And I agree, Deborah, you would already uh, think likewise that, you know, we just play a very small part in this entire Mm. master universe. I definitely think that there are two elements that uh, came into place when I, you know, had that inner voice uh, speak to me. Number one is for sure grace. You know, uh, there is grace. There is a greater power, definitely bigger than me, uh, who's helped me, who's guided me for sure. There is grace for sure. And secondly, I think it's also the openness to say, you know, that I'm open, I'm willing to listen to that inner voice. 
yeah. I'm willing not to be resistant and only listen to the fears that I have in me, but I'm also open to listening to what possibilities are possible, what opportunities are possible, what do you think is possible? Somehow I think yeah. I was able to look beyond the challenges and I was able to redirect it to what is possible. And I think, so there is grace for sure and it starts with that, but I think there is also an openness to saying that, you know, I'm willing to listen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So tell me, so what did that little, that young man do next? Standing in the pouring rain, he doesn't have a single coin to get home. What did you do? So obviously you must have reached onto this thought because I know that, you know, looking back at my own life, sometimes when it's been in those darkest moments and you suddenly get that voice or where you realize, wait, there's hope. I'm going to grab onto this. I can change my life it suddenly just energizes you and your, your, you know, your energy changes, your feelings change because suddenly you've got hope and you're like, yes, I'm going to do something about this. Then you feel better. And it kind of in, pushes you into action and it inspires you. So what happened mm-hmm. for you next after you made that choice? In reality, what did you do? How did you get home? How did you, what was the next step that you took? Interesting. Uh, <laughs> what I did was, uh, that very moment when I made a decision, that moment of time, I was not very conscious that I'm making a decision. You know, I was this young 17 years old boy. Yeah. Okay. I still knew that I had to travel and walk for almost two hours or more than that, actually. So I actually walked for two hours because I did not have any money. But the thing is, while I'm walking, I had two hours with myself, right? Yeah. yeah. And in that two hours, I think slowly I was able to ask a lot of questions to myself. Yeah, I did not feel something very emotionally positive. You know, I did not feel that. Mm. But what happened is there was a stir of determination that slowly started showing up the next morning Mm. and the next morning and the next morning and the next morning. And it's been there for the last 20 years. Yeah. Because, you know, when you in the moment of decision, you know, yeah, your life can be shaped, you know, it can be changed. Tony Robbins says that, right. You know, in the moment of your decision, your destiny shaped. And I think when I made a decision, I did not know even what to do, but my why was very strong. I think, you know, Mm. my why, you know, that I do not want the pain that I faced and that my mother faced and my sisters faced. I did not want that to continue. So I said that I'm going to take responsibility in the, in the most imperfect way that I know, but I'm going to try. Yeah. My goal was that I don't want to see them in pain. Yeah. And I'm okay to bear the pain if I have to. And when I started taking the steps, Slowly and steadily, I started seeing that little, little baby steps, mini and minor and slowly major steps that I took slowly, steadily, it started supporting the needs of the family. I could Mm. see the smiles showing up on my knees, on my nephews, on my mom's face. I could see the tears drying down. I could see hope returning. And slowly I started feeling, Bob, I think you're on the right path because people are smiling because of the little you're doing, at least your family to start with. I love that. I love that so much because I think a lot of people think that, you know, we just become overnight successes. And, and I think it's, you know, when you, when you meet somebody or you watch Britain's Got Talent or America's Got Talent or any one of yes. these shows, people think like, oh my gosh, they've had overnight success. No, you haven't seen the 150,000 hours that they've spent in their bedroom practicing their songs and their singing and their dancing. And, and it's the same thing, you know, with people like us. It's that, it's just that, Once you make that choice and decision and you go, I'm going to change my life, that as you say, it's just taking that first step, then the next step, then the next step, getting up the next day, just getting up the next day is amazing and saying, you know, and being open to 
how am I going to do this? Just making those small little changes. And then one day, suddenly you've arrived because it's like, not that you've arrived, arrived, but you know what I mean? You, you've got to this new destiny and you're like, right, now I'm living my life the way I want to. Um, I mean, you always keep working on yourself, don't you? I mean, we all keep growing and, and evolving. That's true. But I love how you said that, you know, the determination in you was what spurred you on because you were determined not to have that pain anymore and to do what it took to get out of yes. that pain. And I think there's a lot of people that somehow think that, you know, we've got to take a pull or we've got to do something miraculous, but it really is as simple as taking that one step at a time, isn't it? It is, it is, Deborah, that is such words of wisdom, what you just shared. I really think, you know, when we spoke about the divine intervention, is it grace or is it what? I think it's also that, you know, sometimes you are placed into a situation mm. where there is extreme pain. Yeah. And, you know, so, sometimes I've also realized that, you know, naturally as humans, we are very resistant to change. Yeah. We uh, could be very complacent. We yeah. wouldn't want to grow or evolve or, you know, move forward. Yeah. That doesn't come naturally. But, but when we are thrown into, uh, you know, in the storms, you know, when we are thrown into the challenges, yeah. that's where you learn to start swimming and that's where you want to survive and you want to move forward. But I think sometimes it's grace that puts us in that pain. And as it is said that, you know, you can either go through pain or you can grow through pain. That's it. And I'm glad that people like us, like you, like me and so many amazing people uh, have learned to, you know, in our own unique way, learn to grow through pain. Yeah. And I think it's very important to have a higher perspective during pain. During this time when everything is chaotic, people have lost businesses, people have lost mm -hmm. family members. In Mumbai, you know, every day I'm hearing of deaths, so many deaths. Mm -hmm. And it is painful. It is painful to hear. Like yesterday, I heard from somebody that a father just died yesterday. Oh. You know, and that's somebody I mentored. And it is so painful. But I'm realizing over the years, you know, some of the some of the most painful times have been the biggest gift in our life. And these are not just cliche word that is, uh, you know, available in a great book. Yeah. I think these are honest truth, right? Isn't it? Oh, because, it, it uh, is because you can take it to make it for good. And I think especially if you've had a lot of trauma, because looking back at my life now, you know, like when you in the trauma, when you're in the pain, you don't, you don't always know why you're going through it. You don't always know what the way out is, but you, you're holding onto something, holding. For me, it was always my children. You know, it was a case of, I want to be a better mom. I want to have, I want them to have a better life. I don't want them to have the same sort of struggle. So when you're going, you, you're kind of grasping onto something. And I've always said to people, you've got to find that, make it your purpose. Even if, even if it's your child that becomes your purpose, even if you become the purpose for yourself to be the best possible person that you can be, because I think that's what makes pain and struggle easier to bear. What can I learn from it? How can I turn it around? What can I do with this? Um, and I mean, there's, as you say, there's just so many people that are going through pain and struggle at the moment. And unfortunately in life, we all go through that, but it's what we do with it and how we handle it that is going to determine whether you stay in that or get out of it. Absolutely. Absolutely. In fact, you know, I don't know whether you w ever watched an Indian movie, uh, but uh, there is a movie called uh, Milka Singh, uh, who, was the f who was one of the fastest runner, you know, from India who went yeah. to Rome and to different parts of the world. And 
there is a scene in that movie it's a beautiful movie uh, very inspiring and it, in that movie there is a scene wherein you know on his on his feet there is a wound and he's got hurt and he's taking part in the race mm. and when he starts running the race you know and because there is so much of wound and he's got hurt so when he just starts running and he just he says ah because it's paining like crazy but in spite of the pain when he steps forward and takes that one stride yeah. and the next stride and the next stride what happens is slowly steadily you know that bandages slowly comes out of his wound ah. so the pain is left behind but okay. the choices that you make the actions that you take during the moments of your pain decides the destiny that you're going to create and i personally believe that you know in moments of pain you can either quickly go to netflix and watch money heist or watch some uh, you know uh, you know some some web series till 5 am in the morning and just completely ignore the pain you can you know take liquor drink liquor get high on drugs or you could possibly you know just scroll on facebook or social media or you could say what is the best i can do with whatever i have right now yeah yeah so what and i think that decides do? What did you do after you made those choices? Did you get another job? You know, like, what did you do after you built up that determination and hope? Yes. So, in fact, the whole story is in the book called "Fallen to Rise." You know, I'm just Fall promoting it. Rise. Fallen to Rise. Fallen to Rise. Fallen to Rise. That's right. That's my book. It's available on Amazon, and I can share it. Excellent. So, the whole story is narrated. It's a very novel-style book. Uh, but what I did after that is, I realized that I need to. like you know being a salesman yeah. uh, was not the best job that i wanted to do and being a construction laborer that i was before that was not necessarily the job that i want to do mm. the next job i went into was into credit cards i used to sell credit cards you know and uh, slowly steadily because i was consistently learning and evolving yeah. i became a territory sales manager over there wow and i got a bit of success and i said oh my god oh uh, really i'm getting yeah. success i'm being recognized when my when my manager called me and said bobby yeah. i want to make you you know a leader in the team i said leader what the hell is a leader first i didn't know what <laughs> like when you're 19 years old yeah uh, you know and somebody ask you you want going to be a leader i didn't know i had a team of people all who were 35 37 38 25 28 and i am this 19 years old boy mm. so i became a leader over there and slowly steadily i started learning about leadership yeah and then from there i moved on i worked in business development for many years learned a lot lot of lessons over there i uh, joined a you know a bpo or a contact center like a business process out in outsourcing center yeah. for a uk telecom organization you know okay. that's why I, that's where i started improving my communication you know my Amazing. accent you know if i am you know if you can even understand even like 10% of what i'm speaking right now this is not how i used to speak 20 years mm. back so i consistently started improving my communication but in the process of time i also realized that even in school every time i was given an opportunity to be a substitute teacher on teachers day you know people used to say man you you're doing a good job we enjoy what you're saying yeah. said, okay all right okay uh, in the organization also suddenly i was given an opportunity to speak and people said man you speak well and slowly steadily a lot of people started acknowledging it Mm. and one day while i was traveling with somebody he said bob you know you know you can speak on a lot of topics but when you speak on motivation no there's something about it it comes so naturally to you i said really and i started thinking about it yeah and then i became a trainer for an organization i became a process trainer i became a technical trainer then i became a training manager i became a senior training manager 
but deep in my very heart i realized that you know when i was a little boy and i was standing on that crossroads of mumbai i had nobody to guide me mm there could be so many youngsters and so many people who could be standing on their crossroads and they don't know where to go yeah yeah and i said if i when i did not get a miracle of my father returning back when i did not get a miracle can i possibly be a miracle to someone else oh that is so beautiful honestly and i can see why people uh love having you as a speaker because you're very engaging and and i think that the what i love about your story is how you were as you say you were so open you were open to grow open to learn you paid attention to people saying to you you know what you do this really well or you know what is that i'm going to learn and i think that is such a fantastic way of of looking at life and being open to just developing yourself and taking each step as it comes along you know the fact that you were you were so willing just willing to become and grow and be that that person because even though you didn't have that example it, you know you were sent so many people to plant yes. those little seeds within you and say you know what you're doing well how about this try this try that you know because a lot yes. of people i think they they're not always open to want to learn because they almost feel like shut down they they yes. don't see that possibility they don't believe it's possible for them that's right that's you know? right i think what what happens is you know and you might agree with me on this is that people aren't lazy actually people aren't lazy is what i believe yeah uh, people aren't excited enough their goals uh people do not really believe that something good will come out of those actions they yeah. somehow don't believe that it is even possible and therefore it is very easy to distract yourself and do something that is not so worthwhile you know for example just checking mm. out a web series watching a movie and i i don't have a problem you know i've said it couple of times a lot of people say bob you know you are really against netflix i'm not <laughs> i love i i love the content but the thing is if you're only entertaining yourself the universe will en- be entertained with your poverty oh my god is it that after a period of time correct because you are doing nothing it. like correct so so the thing is uh consistently willing to learn is very important but at the same time i think deep down in your very guts if you really believe you know just deep within yourself that you know you know i have a little daughter and i can give her an amazing life ahead okay or if i have a brother i want to help him for studies i believe deep down in my very guts that it's possible or i want to buy that home i really believe deep down or if i want to be a motivation speaker who is not even much educated and yeah. inspire ceos and leaders and thousands of people i really believe mm and i think it starts with belief and the problem is the these words like belief and faith are such words of cliche in other words they are yeah. so familiar that people say you know okay all right i've heard of it But you know what you've just reminded me I was watching a podcast the other day um with this young guy who's 28 years old and so super successful and so emotionally intelligent but he was saying exactly the same thing you know when when people say you know develop your confidence um you need self belief how do you get self belief how do you just develop confidence and he was saying that for him it was so important as a young man is that you do one thing and then you do it well so 
your belief in, and like you look back and you went, whoa, that worked. And then you try something again and then you go, wow, that worked. So you're building it up little by little. And the more you can show yourself that you can accomplish something and do something, that is how you build self-belief. And that is the one thing that we teach in our EQ Academy to kids is to say to parents all the time, give your children chores. You've got to give them things to do around the house because how else are you going to build their self-confidence, their self-esteem, their self-belief? That all gets built through yes. learning, through practice, through doing. So when you start it from a young age and that is how you build your self-belief. So it's not just this big cliche thing of going well how am I supposed to believe in myself you look at the data you look at Correct. what you have been able to do and accomplish and go wow I did that acknowledge it yes. take it in and be proud of yourself for doing that that's right that's right in fact you know what you did is you just decoded one of my secret of success in the little <laughs> that I have got uh, in a very you know in a very simple pattern basically you got to build references right that's you got to build your references saying that, you know, okay, I'm going to take this first step. Yeah. Okay. I achieved it. So I can believe, let's say 10% that, you know, I can do it. Then you take the next step and then you'll get acknowledgements and people will appreciate, or you just see that you've done a good job and slowly you can build those steps of success. Yeah. The problem with a lot of people is people want to reach, you know, the hundredth step. Yeah. But people do not want to climb one step at a time. They want yeah. overnight success. And yeah. the problem is overnight success, like you said earlier, is little steps that you take when nobody's wa nobody's watching you, right? Actually, yeah, so. yeah, yeah. And I think it's important for um, the audience to. We um, I was also interviewing somebody a couple of days ago, and she was a teacher, and we were talking about this whole model of schooling that has taught people to look for that outside validation. So we kind of hoping that we'll get a gold star every time we achieve something. But if you are not giving yourself the gold stars, you'll often be disappointed because you're not, you know, you have climbed the thousand steps to success. Nobody has watched it. You've had a few people who have kind of said, well done, I've seen you, you know, have you tried that? Have you tried that? But to build that intrinsic motivation, it's about acknowledging yes. yourself and acknowledging what you have achieved. I mean, somebody said the other day, somebody who was um, severely depressed and had to get out of that depression, for them, success was just getting out of bed in the morning, getting out of the bed, brushing their teeth, putting their clothes on, making themselves look decent, having a shower. Because right. when you're in the, mm -hmm. the deepest, darkest despairs of depression, you don't want to get out of bed. You don't want to live. Right. You don't want to face the day. And I think it's like building those blocks of um, success and, and just putting that one step in front of the other, acknowledging it, giving yourself a gold star, putting up a, a chart with gold stars if you have to. But I think it's important to acknowledge your own um, accomplishments without feeling that it's arrogant or vain. And I think this is what a lot of people struggle with. They think that, you know, when you start putting your out, yourself out there and you start talking about your successes, people don't like it because it's often it's seen as vain. It's not vain. It's good to share your accomplishments. It's good to celebrate your accomplishments because 
you are the one that has to live with yourself. That's right. That is absolutely right. You know, uh, if nobody's going to cheer you up, at least you go to cheer yourself. Yeah. Okay. Uh, that is very, very true. It is very, very important for even during these times or and actually any time, whether yeah. people are entrepreneurs who are starting off or people who are losing businesses, people who aren't getting clients or customers are saying that, okay, the budget is low or whatever, whatever, whatever. I think it's very important to get up every morning Yeah. and, you know, listen to that inner voice within you. Yes. Okay? And if there is a lot of clutter, and I think you already would agree with me on this, just to remove those clutter of those external noises, you know, mm-hmm. rather than just consistently watching, okay, how many people died? How many people are getting COVID-19? Yeah. It's important to ask that. yourself, you know, that's yeah. right. What can you do about today? You know, and you know, what's really worked for me, even during this COVID-19, then I actually was sometimes completely lost, did not know what to do. Suddenly move from face to face, keynote speeches, masterclasses, suddenly get, get into virtual, you know, yeah. it was completely a new journey, right? I think the best way is, for me that worked was rather than worrying about the future. Yeah. What is the best I can do today? Yes. How can I create the highest impact with four, three, two, six actions that I can take today? Yeah. I cannot determine what I can have, what will happen tomorrow. Will the customer call me? Will somebody call me? This will happen. That will happen. But what I do know is I have the next six, seven, eight hours. Yeah. What is the best I can do today? And for that, you really have got to have an inner belief that, you know, I can strike you today. And yeah. then once you finish with today, then you can go to the next day. And then-